Welcome back to the Educated Food Podcast. I am one half of the Educated Food, Dr. J. And I'm your other half, Jarrell. What's up? Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to another week. And it is another week. We back. Thank you all for returning. Mm -hmm. And if this is your first time listeners, thank you for checking it out. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. And like I say at the beginning of every show, rate us, review us. The more you do that, the more those algorithms get to working, the more we appear on people's feed. So we we definitely need the listens to um, continue to grow this educated fool empire. So... Rate us, like us, review us. That's all we asking. All right. And like we do every week, check in. How are you doing, my brother? Yeah, man. Um, I, I'm all right. You know, I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. Um, I am. I'm a little sick this week. Um, and so I, I'm going to save that for a little bit later, though, because I'm not physically sick. I'm mentally sick. I'm sick of you Negroes. Um, sliding into these women's DMs with these weird ass conversations. Um, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but I am sick and tired for women out there everywhere of you Negroes doing that. That who raised y'all? But yeah, other than that, I'm good. How about you, man? How you feeling? I'm good. Everything's good on my end. Uh, just you know, doing the parenting thing, being an yeah. adult. That's that's kind of where where I'm at right now. So it's kind of the same old routine. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I'm excited. You know, football season going. So my Sundays is jam packed with football, basketball yeah. about to start up. So like this is this is my season oh, sure. for me to sit around and do absolutely nothing. So yeah. I'm excited again, for that. Remember, remember the 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 affirmation you made, right? Like you're gonna be a little bit more present. <laughs> so <laughs> you can't be too much of that shit. On Sundays, because Gianna is waiting, okay? Sundays, all that be present to go out the window. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I feel you. I, feel you. Uh, I sit with my, my red zone and my Sunday ticket and just mm-hmm. watch football. If I pass out, I go to sleep, wake up, more football. Like, that's, that's literally my Sundays right now. I wake up, okay. I cook breakfast, I get everybody situated, mm-hmm. we eat. After we do that, leave me alone. <laughs> that's no, that's real. Um, leave me alone. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Um, so. Yeah, that's good though. That's good. I mean, at least you got something to you know pacify your time and like preoccupy your time. Like I'd be trying to find stuff to do on Sundays for real. Uh, I'm not a real <laughs> uh, big sports head, so um, unless I'm in person, and that's so weird, right? Like I love watching sports in person on TV, not so much. The experience is completely different. I tell people that about two sports in particular, mm-hmm. hockey and baseball. If you've never been to a hockey game, yeah, yo, hockey games are they're they intense. Go. Yeah, they are intense. The atmosphere, like all that, goes. And then baseball, yeah. like watching baseball on TV for some is just boring, like it is. Um, yeah. But if you actually go to a baseball game, so being there in person at a live sporting event, it's, it's completely different. So I get that completely. Like I understand. That's like my wife; she won't sit there and watch it on TV, but it, she'll buy tickets in a minute and go to a game. Like, uh, hell it's, just, yeah. it's just different. It's yeah, just different. So I get that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now baseball, I don't know about that. Baseball is boring as hell to me, even in person. <laughs> like I'm just sitting there, like, can we please go? But 
football, basketball, um, hockey. I really got into hockey when I worked in upstate New York. Like that was all they really did for real because it was so cold all, almost all year. <laughs> and so um, a, a lot of people got the perception that all of New York is like New York City. When in actuality, New York City is the only part of New York that looks like that. The rest of New York is cows and cow dung. Okay, that's it. <laughs> I mean, that's the same thing with that's the same thing with California. When people think of California, they think of L.A., mm-hmm. the Bay, and like San Diego, maybe. Mm-hmm. In between all that, yo, ain't nothing but grass and mountains. Like, <laughs> yeah, Rod Dirt. Like, Outside of these big cities, man, it ain't it ain't what you think it is. And you know, we get people who, you know, move out here and realize, you know, California big. It's it's literally the whole damn near the whole East Coast is LA. Like yeah. or California, I should say, not LA, but California. Like we take up the whole coast and we share a little bit with mm-hmm. with Washington and Oregon. But outside of that, it's all us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's that's real. That's real. Um so I'm excited this week to to talk about this thing I was talking about earlier about why I'm sick of you Negroes, um, and and it ha- and it directly deals with our topic for the day, right? Like Facebook. Um, so this week I was in a Facebook group, and I'm scrolling down, scrolling down, and this one young lady was like, "Yo, take a look at what this dude said to me." Now I'm gonna read this to y'all, okay? And I got the lady, the young lady's permission to um, to read this to you all, and she became a listener. So there we go. All right. So she said, so this young man named King, first of all, his name is King. So he's a hotep. You already know that. Like he thinks with his third eye and clearly this Negro is delusional, right? That third eye on swole. So he says to her right out the gate, like this is his first message ever to her after he befriended her. How do you plan on keeping a man? And she said, excuse me? (laughs) He said, what are your tools to keep a man? I believe this is a harmless question. She said, LOL, harmless? Maybe after an introduction, maybe hi, how are you? I'm marvelous. Thanks for asking yourself. (laughs) So she's walking this young man through an actual conversation that he should have. Again, who raised you, right? Like, he doesn't know how to spark up a conversation. And it's just like... How, his his straight out the gate he busting out with how do you plan on keeping the man and she like I don't even know you fool what's happening so his response to her after she walks him through the steps of actually having a an adult conversation is we are both aware that formal introductions are not appealing to the majority of females in addition I'm not a fan of small chat or monotonous discussion allow me to forego small talk for the time being, because we are here to create relationships, correct? I can easily see what your name is, and the same is true for you. So what tools do you have at your disposal to maintain a man? Maintain a man as if we're maintaining like a car or something like that, like a man is a commodity, right? So, And then he goes on to say, yes, this is a completely innocent inquiry. First of all, y'all got the game fucked up. Okay, y'all got access to Facebook and Facebook is allowing y'all to do some real ignorant shit. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> so I'm confused from the jump. Yes. And this is yeah. where this is where my confusion lies. I am confusion. There's yes. no there's no intro. No, 
like no intro to who I am, who you are. Like my first, my very first message to you is, Mm -hmm. what can you do for me? Like that's literally, what can you do for me? (laughs) (laughs) What can you do for me? It's literally like (laughs) your introduction. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, so who are you first? Like, I don't even know you. He said, who are you? Formal introductions are not appealing to most females. First of all, what what women are using? See, the fact that you use female is an indicator of the type of women that you even associate from the jump. The women that are in your social sphere are those women who allow you to degrade them down to a species characteristic or a species title, right? Female, right? Women are women. (laughs) Let's be very clear. Stop calling women females. Very clear. And the whole, you can clearly see my name, dog. This is Instagram. It's a handle. It's not your name. Mm -hmm. Facebook. Mm -hmm. Even on Facebook, these aren't half the people names anymore. (laughs) So that that's no go. I mean, this is, this is a classic example. Why I tell my wife, we are never separating. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I don't want to I don't want to be out in these streets because the game is completely all messed up. <laughs> I don't understand these rules. No. I don't I really I really don't understand like courting mm-hmm. has completely been demolished, ran over back mm-hmm. and forth a few times. Like yeah. The 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 DMs that I see that women post, it's like, like you stated, like who raised y'all? Who raised y'all? Like, what makes you think that is the key to unlock that woman's heart, or to be perfectly honest, that woman's draws? Because that's really what you're trying to do when you're sliding into a DM that way. Like, what makes you think, like, yo, this is it? I know what's gonna get. I know it's gonna get her. What can you? What do you do to keep a man? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's like y'all reading out Future's playbook, right? Like Future must have wrote uh, a playbook called "Fuckboys and Fallacies," right? Because clearly, Future's fuckboys and fallacies. Because clearly, you all have a playbook that is written out of a, a, a Stephen King executive produced by Future horror. Okay, <laughs> y'all have no class. Y'all have no respect for women. Y'all have no y- y'all y'all are entitled, arrogant. I always I teach my students all the time the trichotomy of a deficit mind. Okay, the trichotomy of a deficit mind, and if you all don't know what a trichotomy is, is it's something that has three parts, right? And so the trichotomy of a deficit mind is uh, in, includes three parts: hopelessness, arrogance, and entitlement. Y'all niggas are hopeless. <laughs> y'all are arrogant. <laughs> And y'all have the entitlement of a mediocre white man. <laughs> like it, it, it bothers me. It bothers me. And they be so offended. Yeah. When they get called out on like the foolishness, like this makes zero sense. Makes and you like, how dare you question me? Mm-hmm. Right, like how do how dare you question why I asked you what can you do for me? I don't need to introduce who I am. I don't need to even get to know you, who you are mm-hmm. as a person. 
all I care about is what can you do for me? Yes. I don't. Yes. And once again, I don't know what calculations that young man did in his head to make no. him believe that is going to get her to respond to me in a positive way. And we're going to start some type of relationship because she's immediately going to fall over for this line. Yeah. Like, yo, yeah. unless you Michael Ely, I don't think that's working for you. No. <laughs> and, and, and to be truly honest and, 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 and hear me out. I think, um, um, I think the gays are going to hate me for this. Um, my fellow gays, I'm sorry, but Michael Ailey ain't cute to me either. I, <laughs> he's not. He's not cute to me. He looks like a goldfish in the face. Um, and so what y'all see in Michael Ailey is, is beyond what I'm capable to understand. Um, but then again, you know, I, you know, if anything, right, like they always say being gay is a preference and all that kind of stuff like that. No, being gay is not a preference because being gay is sometimes ghetto as well. Um, just as it always heterosexuality, clearly, right? But we do have preferences when we, you know, when we date. My preference is towards dark skinned men. Um, and so Michael Ely, you know, I may have an implicit bias, right? Like Michael Ely's light skin, he got gray eyes, and he looks like a goldfish in the face. I that just that that's not me. That ain't my thing. No. I, I got I had women mad at me a few years ago because I was like, yo, if Michael Ely had brown eyes, y'all wouldn't care. Would not. Would not. Like y'all like would Michael not. Ely had brown eyes. Y'all really mm-hmm. wouldn't care. Like his eye like people eyes changes mm-hmm. their appearance so much. Right. Just and, like those and I don't Yeah, and I don't understand it's something about any eye color that's not brown. Mm-hmm. That like gets people. It got me in college. Yeah, green eyed black girl. I was like, "Yep, mm-hmm. I'm about to change her." And that was my <laughs> first. Yeah, I can I can change her. Change your my life. first and last. My first and last. Uh, trying to save somebody. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. no, you, yeah. You, fell fell miserably. You don't want to be saved. <laughs> Felt miserably, and I was like, you know what? I'm I'm good. I don't need to do. I don't need to stress. But once again, it was the eyes, man. But once again, if it was just some straight brown eyes, I don't think no, I would have even went for it. So it's eyes, man. They they change your appearance a lot. That's why people be using those filters Mm -hmm. on on Instagram. They do be catfishing people with them eyes, and they see you in person and be like, "Who you? I don't even recognize you." Because your eyes change your appearance that much, it really that does. Much. Yeah. So, so after after uh, this young lady posted this, she asked us like, "How would you respond?" So, of course, in my infinite foolishness, <laughs> I gave her a response um, that has garnered some attention in our group. Um, uh, the likes are in the the, the double digits um, on the post that I made. So. I wrote this in my Tabitha Brown voice, right? Um, Hello there. (laughs) Hello there, sugar. Let's talk, okay? So here's my response. Well, King, I have an abundance of sturdy rope, leather, and chain that can nicely fit around the sump pump drainage pipe in my basement. The door is nicely padlocked, so even the burliest of men would have a challenge escaping. That's what I got at my disposal to keep a nigga. Keep him trapped in my basement. Those are the tools that I would use literally to keep you. So you ask me, what tools do I have at my disposal to keep you? 
I have sturdy rope, sturdy chain. I have a sub-pump drainage pipe that is very thick. <laughs> I will tie your ass around it and lock you in that basement. And that would be my response. <laughs> That's what I have at my disposal to keep a man, okay? Keep him trapped right in the basement. And I was like, girl, you can use it if you want to. She was like, I'm going to use that. <laughs> I said, use it. Because they're crazy. They're crazy. Show them you crazy. Two things. Two things. <laughs> One, I don't I don't even know how your mind gets there. Like I don't know <laughs> where <laughs> I don't. I I I don't know. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. which my which leads me to my second actually how your mind gets there. You mm-hmm. gotta be careful. Uh-huh. Dude might be a freaking like it. Be like, yes, lock me up. <laughs> one of my friends one of my friends' comment was like <laughs> That may be a kink for somebody. I said, well, get your thrill. <laughs> like, that might not get the response she was looking for. He'd be like, right. He'd be like, okay. Text me the address. Oh my text God. me the address. And if you if if, if someone's literally telling you that they about to lock you up in their basement and you don't know them, you dummy. If you <laughs> you are a dummy. You are use use a dummy. In the words of precious yeah. puppet, without the expletive, use a dummy. Okay. Yo, people out here, man, they they like getting it in different ways. For for a lot of people, they swipe right, and that's what they're looking for, looking to be tied up. I, I can't, I can't, uh, I, I can't, I can't. The freaks come out at night. I'm just saying, <laughs> and that's probably what he's looking for, right? Like he was probably trying to elicit a response from her that was sexual in nature. Because let's be honest, with, let's let's be honest. Most of these guys that are sliding up in these women's DMs with these weird ass questions don't even have a conversation with them, don't even get to know them, don't even say hi to them and have an appropriate, um, you know, um, entryway or segue into a communication with them. They're just looking for, you know, some woman who is, they're looking for a female, right? Those females, quote unquote, that they are, you know, thinking that they're talking to. They're trying to disrespect you. Because they don't respect themselves. They don't know who they are. They don't know what their worth is. So, of course, they don't know who you are. They don't know what your worth is. They don't respect you. They call you female. They call you this. They call you that. And so, of course, they're going to, you know, be in a situation where they're not thinking straight. They're not thinking clearly. And they don't give a damn what your response is as long as the response is, oh, daddy. Like, that's <laughs> that's all they're looking for is somebody to hump, bump, and move on to the next. And I will agree. I think that's literally what what he meant. Like, what what do you do or what can you do to keep a man? It was it was pro- it was definitely something sexual in nature. Oh, yeah. Like he wasn't he he wasn't asking about your career. No. He wasn't asking about your um, domestic duties. Like he he wasn't asking about those. No. Right. He, 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 that's what he wanted to hear. <laughs> so, um, and unfortunately, he didn't get the. The answer that he wanted, right? No. Um, he picked the wrong one. He picked the, the wrong, wrong one. one. Uh, so, okay, fellas, everybody actually, because it ain't just fellas sliding in DMs with craziness. Yo, y'all gotta do better. Dude, y'all gotta do better. Dude, y'all just gotta do better. Like that's an F. You yeah. failed. You failed immediately as soon as you hit send. <laughs> like because that I don't know. I don't. Any female, any woman in my circle 
wouldn't have gone for that. Like, I don't know any woman in my circle that have been like, ooh, that's it. Take these draws. <laughs> like, none of them would have done that. They would have, wouldn't even got a response, honestly, from the women. I know. It just would have been left yeah. on red and, and moved on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, a, a lot, many of the women I know probably would have just cussed them out uh, <laughs> and, 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 and then blocked them. But, like, Come on, dog. You got to do better than that. It's 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 no way that you are that you thought you were going to get a an intelligible response from some woman who knows her worth. You're looking for a butterhead. You're looking for somebody who don't know their worth who will just respond. Um, you know, a pick me for instance. Who was just like, oh yeah, daddy, I got you. I got these. Da, 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 da. I know how to keep a man. I know what a man wants. Da, da, da. And that's what he's looking for. He's not looking for anything else but that. Even if he tells you that that's not what he's looking for, that's what he's looking for. Another thing on um, Instagram, I mean, Facebook. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go right ahead. Yeah. Another thing on Facebook, you know, um, one of my friends was like, what, what seems to be the issue? with male and female relationship and she was like i'm just speaking to heterosexuals okay so so everyone who identifies uh as lgbtq like she 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 said you know hey you know i'm just speaking to my demographic heterosexuals okay women who love men and men who love women which is completely fair right um and and women who love men exclusively and men who love women exclusively right she was like what is the what is wrong with us she was like why can't we get it right because there's so many women out here who are, you know, who want a, a, a great man, who want a decent man. And there's so many men out there who are saying that they want a decent woman, want a relationship, want this, but we can't ever find each other. I'm like, the problem is us. It's men. <laughs> we are complicated. Uh, women are complicated, too. Yeah, women are complicated too. That's let's not take away from that. Let's not take away from that so, because they got some stuff. But I think I think the issue is um there's a lot of different self-interest and preferences that we we think we want or we need and therefore we yeah. tend to ignore all these other great aspects that other people may bring to the table. Right. So therefore you tend to continuously find yourself dating and seeking kind of the same people, even yeah. though those things haven't worked out for you. Nope. So, and I, and I can only speak for personal experience. My wife is completely different from any other, any woman I've ever talked to. Yeah. Like, and if it wasn't for her completely dismissing me, <laughs> um, and I don't think we ever would have dated for, for one, like went on a date for one and then realized like, oh, all those things on the outside or all the superficial conversations we had, because we know we knew each other for, I want to say two and a half, three years before we started dating. Okay. Um, so we, so we thought we knew who each other were. Like we thought we knew, um, so we didn't pay in each other. We didn't pay each other any mind. It's like, you're not my type, right? Like you're not okay. my preference. Mm -hmm. um, but once we kind of threw that to the wind and just said, let's just see how this goes, see how this works. Yeah. Um, 
it worked, right? We stopped searching for what we thought was that ideal person that we like wanted. Now there's, there's always, I would say when it comes to preferences, there are definitely some, some no starters, right? Like I'm not saying throw all your preferences out the window, yeah. um, but there are some preferences out there that I think prohibit people from finding a true connection. Um, and okay. I'm going to get in trouble for this one, but one of those big preferences, um, and I'm, I'm a big proponent of black love, right? But uh-huh. There's times where people completely dismiss another race entirely and another person entirely based on their race. Um, and you can miss your person for that. Okay. Just, just for me personally. Fair enough. I mean, so. I've, I've done that myself. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's all I'll say. I'm saying nothing's wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. Black love. I, 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 repost on Instagram and my wife is like you always sharing black love stories because I love seeing black people in love like I do yeah. that's what I was raised around that's what I grew up so I yeah. have no knock against that but there are some people who are so adverse to even considering anything else yeah and that person who comes along you're like no I can't talk to them because they x y and z right you might just want to give it a shot fair enough fair especially enough if, especially if you oh for 600 Mm-hmm. searching for that one black person you might just want to give it a shot but that's just one preference that people you know pick for other people are like height mm-hmm. <laughs> height is another thing right it's like she too tall he too short like all these little things that don't necessarily matter at the end of the day mm-hmm. and i'm gonna tell y'all something like my uncle used to tell me all the time y'all the same height laying down <laughs> oh my god <laughs> That sounds like something my uncle would say. We all the same height lying down. Y'all all the same height land. I'm like, not really, dog. <laughs> like, if you actually. <laughs> oh, my God. My uncle said something one time that was so ignorant. Uh, with regard to skin color, he was like, well, um, you know, whatever. We all pink on the inside. I'm like, oh, my God. Jesus Christ. These adults. Hey. These adults. Jesus. Yeah. I I had an uncle who's very similar phrasing, but it's they all pink inside. He didn't say we all. He was talking about specifically women. Oh god. And no. I was like, Oh goodness. <sighs> well, see, and I and is... you know what what's funny is my uncles are very careful how they talk to me. Um, so you know, I've 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 been out to my family since I was 16. And so they're very careful how they talk to me. And so they they they, they generalize, right? They'll say, Well, we all Instead of so they may have my uncles may have wanted to say, you know, women. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they put it in generality, right? Um it, that's love. That, that is love. That is love. I love my that's love to the fullest. That, that's love. Uncles. They they those my those my guys. I love them. But oh so, yeah. But yeah. hmm Um Yeah. But I feel like your friend missed an opportunity. Uh, cause once again, it's easy to ignore it. And she could have blamed literally the six hours that Facebook and Instagram wasn't online. Oh God, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And the amount of people who were genuinely like bothered and upset by that was alarming to me. Yeah. Like it, it was alarming to me. Like one, I didn't find out Facebook and Instagram was down maybe until like our two or three of it being down because mm-hmm. um, one i got a job so I'm like i was at work <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah right okay like like if it went down on like 
Sunday when I'm like tweeting football, then I'm like, okay, it's down. I can't get my updates from the sports people I follow. Okay, I get that. But like, yo, I was at work. I, I didn't have time to be worried that I couldn't update a feed or post something. Now, actually, that's a lie because I wanted to post mm-hmm. about our episode dropping and I couldn't. That's literally the yeah, only thing. I was literally <laughs> trying to post our episode. Like, I was trying to like put the music to it on Instagram. And I was like, yo, and, and me and my partner, we were at the uh, the eye center because I had a um, I had a, a eye infection. And so my doctors were like, you know, checking up on it, make sure it was good. So we were at the eye center. And I was like, why can't I like put the music to, you know, this post that I'm about to do for this week's episode? And my partner told me, he was like, oh, yeah, like Instagram and Facebook are down right now. I was like, oh, OK. And I literally just clicked my fo- like click my phone and put it back in my pocket. Like, yeah, like, oh, so okay, <laughs> the six hours didn't bother me because it was like, yo, I don't. Okay, I can't post it today. We'll just post tomorrow. That's literally what I was like, all right, I'll just post it tomorrow. But it it, it, it is it is what it is. It really it, it had people it had people upset. So it had people upset and it also had people cheering like the downfall yeah. of like Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook. Like this yeah. outage was going yeah. to bankrupt Mark Zuckerberg. Now he lost I feel like somebody said he lost like a couple billion dollars yeah, in a like day. Three billion or something like that. And I'm like, the fact that you can lose three billion. And still be like, <sighs> cool. And don't care. Like, don't even care. Like, uh, don't worry. It'll be yeah. fine. Like, I don't have to. I'm not filing like, bankruptcy. Yeah, that's like us losing like $20 on the street. You know, it's like, eh, whatever. <laughs> like, like, we can get that back. Like, that. That's, that's an insane amount of wealth, honestly. Yeah. But like, people were cheering for it and people were upset. Even so, when we're like, losing a hundred dollars, right? Like, oh, okay, well, that's that, it yeah. is a hundred dollars, but you know, it won't break me. That's fine. It won't break me. I'll, I'll get it back. I bless somebody else. That's usually yeah. when I think, like, yo, that's I dropped that fucking lot. Bless them. Somebody, somebody needed it more than me. Like that's that's why it happened. Okay, all good, mm-hmm. right? So, but it made me, it made me like, like we had the same thought. Like, yo, we gotta dissect this a little bit. Like. Yeah. Why? Like, how dependent are people on social media? Yeah. Um, and I think, like, I think Quavo or Offset's, I think it was Offset, mm-hmm. um, tweeted, like, he found out how addicted he was to Instagram when mm-hmm. Instagram went down. Right. And yeah. I, I think I said it last episode, like, I just be on my phone for no reason. And I think that's what a lot of people on Instagram and, and Facebook yeah. be on, just be like, yeah. passing the time. But yeah. I read an article in Forbes and, on average a day, people spend mm-hmm. an hour on Facebook, yep. an hour on Instagram. So yep. I'm like, yo, that's two hours out of your day where you're just like scrolling through mm-hmm. people feeds because you're not posting on Instagram and Facebook for, for an hour. You make like one post maybe a day on those sites. Yeah. Or if something's going on, you're posting multiple times on Facebook, but like that is an insane amount of time it is. to be it is. on your phone. Like, mm-hmm. or if you're in front of a screen on Facebook, but more, 90% of the time, I'm pretty sure it's your phone. Yeah. And like, it has to, and it does like impact mm-hmm. like your well being, like your, your mental stability. It has to. It does. It does. Like for me, I'm on my phone in between everything that I do at work, right? So when I'm at work, 
Like I will finish up an email and then check my phone. I will finish up another email, check my phone. I'll finish up a spreadsheet, check my phone. Uh, we in the budget review process. So I'll look at the budget, check my phone. I'll check the budget, check my phone, submit the budget, check my phone. Like I, I, I had to look at all the times that I actually look at my phone and it scared me. Like how many times I look at my phone and when I'm looking at my phone, it's not just looking at the actual phone, right? Like I've got the phone mm-hmm. all day, every day. It's looking at Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, seeing what's going on, seeing what's up in, in NPR. Actually, um, I heard about this last week on my way to work. NPR had this segment on, um, um, what is that? Uh, the, the morning show, um, with Razia Iqbal. I love her. I do. Um, that's how much of a nerd I am, right? Because I know the the the, the, uh, the commentator <laughs> or the journalist that does the the show, and so um, the Daily Report. And so she said that on average, teens are on their phones or check their phones at least 132 times a day. Then she also mentioned that adults check their phones almost as equally as as much as teens do. We're on it or check it at least 92 times a day when it comes down to uh, social media, when it comes down to email and things like that. And they found out that social media is our primary source for news or is becoming our primary source for news, right? Like when people are reposting articles or posting this or posting that. And I had to check, stand back and check myself like, yo, yeah, like, Either if I'm not listening to NPR and like hearing news from NPR, I'm definitely getting my news from Facebook or Instagram. And that's kind of scary. No, it definitely is. So, you know, first thing I do, I wake up, go to the bathroom, take my phone. and I'm opening a Twitter. Like, what is the news today? Mm-hmm. Right? Like Twitter yeah. is where I get my news. Even for even for our show. Right. When we yeah. are like, what are we going to talk about? We jump on social media and that's where we get like, we're not like, let's go to CNN and what's happening in the world. It's what is Shea Room post today? Yeah. Um, Listen, I, was just say that. <laughs> I did some research about what, something we're going to talk about later off of Shea Room. I was like, oh, oh shit. Okay. Shea Room said that. Okay, cool. 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 Okay. Got it. So like, awesome. it's, and, and it's the same, right? It's crazy. And I told my wife this maybe two weeks ago, as mm-hmm. I, I say, I'm trying to be more intentional with my girls. Yeah. And one of the issues I have while we're eating dinner and my wife hates it because her rule is no phones while we're eating dinner. Yes. Like when we're eating, you put your phone away and I always kind of have it out on the side and like, it'll blink and I look at it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? I love you. I'm going to buy a lock. Too. No phone. I'm going to buy a lock. I need to buy a lock to lock my phone, mm-hmm. put a timer on it to where I can't access my phone. Mm-hmm. So my wife, this is the craziest thing in the world. She like, just put your damn phone away. Like, why do you need to buy a lock? And I'm like, because I, I am addicted at looking, even if I know there's nothing there or nothing of importance that really matters. Because I don't check my email after work. So like, what am I checking? I'm on Twitter, just running through the feed, really not caring. So like, I I admit that I am addicted to just mm-hmm. looking at my phone and having it present, which is crazy because I have a smartwatch. So if anything important is happening and someone's calling me, it'll let me know on my watch. So why do I have to keep picking up my phone? So first it of all, it bothers me. 
Go ahead. First of all, those Apple watches are the fucking devil. I won't buy one. First of all, I don't like watches. Like I don't like stuff on my wrist. Maybe that's a that's that's a remnants of the ancestors on me, right? Like we had shackles on our wrists. And I don't like shit on my wrist, right? I don't like wearing bracelets. I don't like wearing watches. The only time I wear watches is like literally when I'm on job interviews or there is like, so I also uh, serve as the chair for a board. And so when I go out with the executive director of the organization that I serve as the chair of the board for, I'll wear a watch because of course, like that, you know, it just enhances your look and enhances your um your your ability to be seen in the room and we're usually asking for money and so that means that we have to you know go around looking like something and sounding like something and so for me i don't like watches and all that kind of stuff like that but i also think that apple watches are the devil because you literally have your phone right there on your arm and it allows you to it, it allows people too much access to you Right. And so for you, what I would recommend, Jeff, is for you to literally leave your phone in another room and put it face down. Right. Put it on silent mode. Put it in another room. Put it face down and take that goddamn watch off (laughs) and put it somewhere else. Right. And you know what's funny? I literally gave him and my partner going to hate me for saying this because he's always like, don't be sharing our business on that podcast. But like I literally tell him the same thing when we're at dinner. Don't be looking at your phone. Don't be looking at your Instagram. Um, his thing is, though, he likes to take pictures. So, you know, he, he's very vain. Um, uh, and, and, and my baby looks good. He does. He, he, he's amazing looking. Um, that's, that's, you know, I love him. Um, he looks good. And so he likes to take pictures and all that kind of stuff like that, which is very cool, you know, whatever. But when we eating dinner, nigga, put that phone down. Put it away. Put your pictures away. Put your self-glorification away. Put these messages away. Don't be checking about Britney and what she got going on. Put it away. She'll be fine. Her ass was in the conservatorship the last 13 years. <laughs> She's going to be in that shit still. Leave it alone. <laughs> and I I use an excuse of I am the go-to person for my family. Oh, gotcha. Like I, am the, yep. I am the first phone call. So I use that excuse as like, I need to have my phone because if mm-hmm. something goes wrong or happens, I am going to be the first phone call. I'm going to be the first phone call for my mom, my brothers, my sisters, my dad. I am that first phone call. I use that as, a, as an excuse mm, because so yes, it's true, but the odds of them calling me during this time are so low. Yeah. And honestly, I've been, I've been conditioned literally... When I was away at college, mm-hmm. I was like this for friends. I was always that person. You call me, I'm picking up. So like, right. it's a con- it's something that is conditioned within me to always be there to pick up the phone. Yeah, and I told my wife that too. Like, yo, when we first started dating and anything mm-hmm. happened, you were able to call me at two in the morning and I picked up. Yeah, like that's just how it's always been for me. So I use that as excuse now. Yeah. But yes, I do do that. When the when I when I'm the most effective yeah. is when I come home, I throw my phone in the room. Yeah. And I go about my day and just go about my night. And the crazy part is like no one texts me. Like no one texts me. Okay. I don't miss a damn thing. No. Nope. But I still it's it's I'm a, I'm I need to get I need to get over it. I do need to fix it. Like I do. Because once again, I'm spending a lot of time on my phone playing mm-hmm. Candy Crush and um Angry Birds. Just mm-hmm. all right, my five lives are here. Let me spend these five lives and then mm-hmm. I'll get back to what I'm doing. Um, and it's not healthy. Um, it's definitely not, um, mm-hmm. cause it controls you. Yeah, it, it definitely it does. does. 
Uh, and yeah. it, it takes you away. It takes you away from moments. You're not you're not present in the moment. Right. It definitely um, does. One of the things that I'll always say is um, I have no regrets about, you know, my last relationship ended. It needed to fucking end. We were terrible together. I ain't even gonna lie. Like, um, you know, and, and, and I, I won't speak bad about anyone I've dated because, you know, that speaks bad. That, that, that speaks poorly to me as well. Um, in reflection. And so what I'll say is one of the things that I regret in my past relationships, though, is the fact that I was addicted to my phone so much that it took away from time from the relationship, right? In relationship building. And not to say that this broke down the relationship, but what I will say is it definitely put fractures in the relationship. And the fact that I was so glued to my phone, I was so glued to virtual reality that I was not paying attention to actual reality, right? And I think that's mm-hmm. what a lot of people had happened, you know, on their jobs and things of that nature. Y'all y'all were productive. I'm sorry. I, I need to stop saying the N-word so much. Um, I, I've, I've gotten pretty comfortable on this podcast um, being my authentic self. Um, I need to reel it in a little bit. I do use the N-word a lot <laughs> um, in a very loving way, though. Um, <laughs> don't use it at work because it's not appropriate. But in my personal life, I do use it. But what I will say is y'all were out there really struggling. And I think that virtual reality serves the same purpose as a drug does, right? Like I am the child of an addict. um, And so my mother once told me that she literally did drugs to escape her reality because she was a young mom. She was not making enough money to support the family by herself. Um, the men in her life, you know, were were leaving or not stable or whatever have you. And so in order for her to cope, she turned to drugs. Like first it started with marijuana and that started as a gateway. Um, like my mother, <laughs> I can't even go lie. Um, this might sound crazy and I'm going to say it right now because we're all adults. Um, I would have never admitted this as a child because we probably would have got taken away by CPS. <laughs> um, CPS. But I learned how to roll a blunt from my mom. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I watched her roll a blunt one time because she was like, look, I got to go get high because y'all niggas get on my nerves. <laughs> so she was like, marijuana served as a gateway to her. And then it led to, you know, other street drugs like crack and all that other kind of stuff like that. And so just like that served as a gateway, I mean, I mean, just like that served as a an, a, an escape for people's reality, I think social media is now filling that void that drugs once filled, right? Like people are unhappy at their jobs. People are stressed out. People are trying to find some kind of joy and escape. And Facebook and Instagram is kind of that thing for them that they're, you know, running to. But also, right, you're running to these platforms. And Mm -hmm. for many, all it does is exasperate the issue, heighten the issue. Yeah. Because all people do on social media all day, every day is lie. <laughs> it's it's snap <laughs> like it's snapshots. It's the snapshots of the best moments uh-huh. of your life, right? Like oh, yeah. I see people, like I see people on vacay posting, having a great time on vacation, but I know you struggling to pay rent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I know the real you, I know what's going on. But that's not what it looks like on social media to your friends, right? It looks like you living it up yeah, when you're really you're not. You're struggling. Yeah. Like you. So mm-hmm. when you see 
people who are out living a life that you feel you should be living as well and you're not right it impacts you mentally like it did so for one of the example i'll use me as an example mm-hmm. right when i had a close friend get a a, a new position right uh-huh. um it was like a, associate or assistant vice chancellor or something right and i'm like damn I'm only a director. Mm-hmm. Right? So it had me and my own feelings in my own head about where I'm at in my career compared to the next person. When what where I'm at is perfectly great and fine. Right? But just because I saw that for moments, it was like, oh, I'm not where I need, I'm not where I should be if they already there. I need to get there, right? So I was obsessing on that. Yeah. And I think it's the same thing with social media, yep. right? Oh, this person bought a brand new house and I'm still renting. Yep. Damn, I need to get me a house. I don't have a house. Mm-hmm. We graduated at the same time. Or it's even worse when you like, we graduate. I was smarter. I got the, like, I did all these things better. Boop, boop. But this person is living X, right? And it, it impacts you. And I feel like, you know, social media for all the good that it can do, it has damaged a lot of people and particularly kids yeah. um yeah because the amount now i know you know discussing mental health and all that is is not mm-hmm. as taboo it's still taboo but not as taboo right. as it was when we were growing up exactly so but i still don't think the acceptance of going to see somebody and talk to somebody is the reason why we see a heightened sense of mental health issues in the world not at all I think social media is one of those big factors that have increased mental health breakdowns mm-hmm. because of what we see and what we compare ourselves to every day. Absolutely. And so now we're getting into the dark and nefarious side of Facebook and social media platforms, right? Like, and what's interesting is there was a woman, I forgot what her name is, um, but she literally came out this week. And she was a Facebook insider. So she was a person who worked at Facebook who was like, look, Facebook has known for a very long time that these platforms that they operate, Facebook, WhatsApp, Instagram, they all contribute to teen mental health issues. And they also um, contribute to a negative perception of image when it comes down to teens mental you know mental health and mental image of themselves and so facebook did nothing about it and continues to do nothing about it even though they for they 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 know what's going on and that's a problem and that's the darker side of facebook right and that was a part of like you said before that was a part of people's arguments about why they were rejoicing that facebook was down for the day right or facebook or what they thought was facebook's demise because they know that and and we all know that you know facebook contributes to a negative perception of our own you know our own image even as adults you know like you just Mm -hmm. said you know you see people ascending um you know the ladder or whatever have you and you're like well what about me same thing right when Mm -hmm. both in my cohort when i um from you know the cohort i graduated with like people were climbing the ladder and becoming directors and um, assistant vice presidents and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm still sitting as an assistant director. I'm like, yo, what is, what is wrong with me? Like people getting promotions mm-hmm. and I, and it plays into my, um, I, I think I've shared in, in, in season one, you know, one of my, um, biggest, um, 
one of my biggest things in in my career or one of my biggest challenges in my career was the fact that I've never been promoted. Like every step of the way, I had to leave a position and go to another and, and, and be hired into the next level, right? Like I was never promoted to, you know, senior assistant director. I had to go get it. I was never promoted into a director position. I had to go get it. But I saw other people being promoted into those positions. And I'm like, oh, man, what What am I, chopped liver? Like, am I fucking mm-hmm. spinach? What's up? <laughs> it, it, it plays on your mental yeah. um i can't remember i was i was listening to a i don't know which podcast and it was a while ago uh-huh. but they were like i think when it's all said and done mm-hmm. mark zuckerberg is going to go down as like one of the most evil person of our one of the most evil people in our generation and that's so wild it's so wild and, how and i was like idea makes you like the devil <laughs> And and him continuously capitalizing on, you know, people insecurities and fears and misinformation, mm-hmm. right? Or and yep. he's not even ca- like, yes, he's receiving the money from all this, but he's not making, he's not in the boardroom making a lot of these decisions anymore. And I think no, no. But because he is the face, he's the face of Facebook. He gets all that. He gets right. all that. I, I I tell people all the time where Facebook went wrong mm-hmm. is when it stopped being a platform strictly for people with a college email address. Yeah, yeah. Um, like but even when people can make an argument that that was that's elitism, right? And so then mm-hmm. still, it definitely it's is. like a double edged sword, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I didn't have to deal with my uncle sending me some random messenger links. <laughs> I'm like, man, I ain't clicking this. Stop messaging me these things. I don't want to see it. I don't care. I haven't. Re- I've never responded. That should mm-hmm. be a sign that I stopped sending me this. So when you only had a college email address, I only had to deal with people in college. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's def- it's definitely elitism and I yeah. am Jay-Z in that regard. Yeah, right. If you want to come to my brunch, you got to be somebody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jay-Z. Jay-Z. Uh so in these last 10 minutes, uh-huh. we're going to jump into our segment educated or foolish. Okay, cool. Right? Let's do it. And since you asked me questions last week, mm-hmm. I'm gonna ask you questions this week. Cool. And the first one, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring it directly from this conversation that we're talking about on social media a little bit. Yeah. So, Dave Chappelle mm-hmm. dropped a new special, Closer. Yes. Um, and the reason why I say it's a good transition because in that special he says he doesn't care what happens on Twitter because Twitter is not a real place. Okay. So. Um, but if you've seen it or read all the think pieces, been on any social media there, there's people who are, have their thoughts and their feelings. Yeah. Dave Chappelle's closer stand up Mm -hmm. and the topic and the way he decided to tackle it, Mm -hmm. educated or foolish. So Dave Chappelle's closer, I did not see it for myself. Um, I've only saw some of the think pieces about it. And there's actually um, the Black LGBTQ Coalition um, came out against it this week and said that, you know, it is very transphobic. I'm not exactly sure why they're mentioning um, that it's transphobic. But what I do know is, you know, the Black LGBTQ Coalition 
Um, they are a, a, a very reputable, you know, um, organization, I guess. And so what I will say is if they're calling something transphobic, more than likely it's transphobic. And so maybe he made some transphobic comments. Um, maybe he made some, you know, anti-LGBTQ comments. Um, and it's not beyond the realm of possibility for Dave Chappelle to do that because Dave Chappelle has done that in the past. And so for him to do that in this type of environment, I think that is very, I think it's a double-edged sword. I think it's educated and foolish. One is educated because it gets people to watch it and he profits off of that, right? Like people are attracted to drama. People are attracted to the, the, the negative and want to see people crash and burn, right? But I think it's also um, foolish because why would you want to crash and burn in that way? And this is just like, this is momentary public publicity. This isn't something that will, you know, keep you in the rotation. This isn't something that will be something memorable, right? Like the Dave Chappelle show, Chappelle show, I still have the DVDs. I still watch it to this day. Um, I still watch it on Netflix. Um, I, I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but I still watch it, you know, um, the DVDs at least, because Chappelle show was a moment in time where it was just classic comedy. And I even referenced some of the stuff like hide the money, y'all. It's broke people around. <laughs> you know, like stuff like that. It's classic comedy. But for you to come out against a marginalized population and, you know, make um, homophobic, anti-LGBTQ comments, it's, 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 not, it's not cool, especially not in the climate that we live in now. It's even more, uh, it's even less so cool because people are going to stand up and we're going to stand up because we're in a place where we're like, look, we tired of this shit, yo. Like, um, as a LGBT, as a member of the LGBTQ community, we are literally tired of people coming at us and us just sitting around, like not saying anything, like we're stepping up and we're not saying, you know, heterosexuality is ghetto or whatever have you, even though, you know, sometimes we might think it, um, (laughs) but we're not, outright like attacking heterosexuality and so for us to continue to be held, uh, attacked is problematic it is not cool and yeah no nah, that's that's yeah. foolish on your part you just saw what happened to the mm-hmm. fucking baby like dude grow up learn something yeah and so um so i did see it i saw it uh-huh yesterday i want to say okay probably i think i saw it yesterday i'm not 100 sure why not truly saw it but so um the the foolishness that dave Chappelle mm-hmm. displayed right and i think it's a little bit of both um but i think the issue is and from what i read what has majority of black people mad and mm-hmm. particularly black people within that community right. it's he completely ignores the violence and the dangers of people who have the similar rhetoric as he does to that community. Like it's a, like that community is one of the most attacked. Um, it has the highest suicide rate. Um, so like his continued jokes about it, um, people aren't, they're just not here. What exactly did he say? So basically the, the whole special is really about the LGBTQ community. The whole special, Uh, the whole special, but the way he tries to frame it is Mm -hmm. he frames it as explaining why the last three or four specials Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. have talked about this community, and he tries to frame himself as a, a truly an ally to the mm-hmm. community, right? By by t- sharing stories of how one of his closest friends who committed su- committed suicide was a trans woman, right? Okay. So he is like, I don't have an issue with this community, right? I have issues with bits and pieces of the community, but like, I truly understand you as people, you're human beings and you have feelings. So like, that's how he tries to frame it. Okay. The issue is you can't try to frame yourself as an ally and try to inform people about a community that is being harmed. And at the same time, tell jokes about, about that community yeah, because it, it goes against everything that you're currently saying. You're yep. saying X, but you're displaying Y. So right. for some people, it just doesn't, it doesn't compute. Yeah. Right. And then all of his stories are about white trans people. So once again, black people are like, you're ignoring the harm oh, that no. is happening in the black trans community. Yeah. So he says, I, he doesn't have an issue with, he say, if you pay attention to all of my jokes, at the end of it and at the root of all of my jokes, whether it's talking about lay, gesbian, bi, trans, mm-hmm. it's about white men. I have an issue with white men. And so he kind of breaks down all his jokes and tries to frame it as it's not about the LGBTQ community. It's about white men. I think he even has a joke. I'm going to paraphrase a little bit where he's like, um, hmm. when I finally had enough ammunition against like white men, to to call you terrible, to call you trash, to call you who you are. Mm-hmm. Now you throw out, I'm a woman now. So now I'm, I can't attack you oh, anymore as a oh. white man because you're a woman. Oh, right. Man. So like that's how he tries to frame these things. Okay. So I think his intent, intent versus impact. We talk yeah. about this all the time. Yeah. I think his intent mm-hmm. was to show that he's actually. He's just joking about the community because we joke about everybody. Everybody yeah. should get should get these jokes. Mm-hmm. So his intent, but his impact was much more negative, right. more damaging. Because clearly and, it shows that you don't understand trans identity to begin with. Because if you yeah. understood trans and, identity, you know, this was not truly a man that you were, you know, in relationship with, regardless of what that relationship yeah. was. And like I said, he he was a mentor to this trans woman. He 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 created a trust fund for for her daughter once the trans woman committed suicide. Like you can tell, he he, he cared for this for this mm-hmm. woman who took her life. Um, but once again, the intent versus impact is just off. Yep. And like the, one of his last jokes, which got people upset, was like he's he's he promised that this was the last special he ever was going to tell LGBTQ jokes until until we're all laughing together. He's like, I'm no longer telling jokes until we, until I know we're all laughing together. Right. Cause so he's like, right now, there, why do you need to tell jokes about us? Like, why do we need to be the punchline of your jokes? Because, and he like, it's, it's the issue with people who believe they're geniuses, right? He, in his mind, he thought he was able to, Yeah. for him, he thinks his jokes were going, it's always over your head. So you really think I'm tacking up, I'm transphobic, but I'm not talking about trans. I'm talking about X when yeah. everybody else is like, no, you're talking about trans. And he's like, no, 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 I'm talking about this. It's like, no, you're talking about trans. Right. So yeah. it's, it's very, it's very complicated. Yeah. Uh, but 
you, it's hard to say you're an ally and continuously tell jokes in the same vein. And, and for a lot of people, they don't understand that. They don't rock with yeah. it. Um, I didn't, I, I wasn't as offended. And I think clearly I wasn't as offended because I'm a heterosexual male. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it's just like um, my uncle once told me. You and for me, told, I, I. Yeah. Like my uncle once said, but, you think you're so smart, you're a fucking dummy, actually. <laughs> yeah. So um, I. You can watch it if you want, um, but it's really just an hour long of him trying to mansplain why he jokes about the LGBT community so much. That's literally, it's like an hour of mansplaining. Yeah, no, um, I'm good. With, I'm good. with some jokes in between that are some are funny, some are not. Um, so it has people upset. Yeah, I'm good. So last one. Okay. So We're going to end on this one. What's up? Sage Steel. Oh, goodness. For those who don't know, Sage Steele is a self-hating black woman. Um, figured that. So ESPN analyst who um, is a is a mixed race woman. Mm-hmm. Her dad is black. Her mom is white. I had to look up her mom uh, when Colin, to make sure she was white. When Colin Kaepernick kneeled, she was against Colin Kaepernick kneeling because her dad's a veteran yep. and she found it disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Um, but this last week, she was on Jay Cutler's podcast, and she had some interesting things to say about vaccinations, Ooh. about young young reporters and the way that they dress in these locker rooms. Mm-hmm. And if they're harassed, they deserve it because of the way they dress. But that's not what I want to know of educated or foolish. Okay. They started talking about the census and mm-hmm. how does she identify on the census. Mm-hmm. And she brings up Obama. And she says she finds it funny that Obama identifies as a black man, even though his dad wasn't in his life and he was raised by his white mom and white grandma. Hmm. Educated or foolish. (laughs) Sage, let me take my glasses off. Okay. Sage, honey, let me speak to you for a second. You're a goddamn fool. Foolish. Okay. First of all, Sage herself is biracial and not only is she biracial, but she's the same kind of biracial that Barack Obama is, right? <laughs> part white, part black. She's biracial. It does not matter who was there to raise you. Yes, I understand your argument that her, that his father was not there to raise him, and so he might have missed some elements of his black identity that only his black father could teach him by being a black man. However, he's still black. Have you ever heard of the one drop rule? If you are a person who is biracial, you know, back in the day, they considered you black. And so by Barack Obama, and, and today we live in an age where, you know, we are, are, are big on self-identification, right? And so let that man identify how he wants to. If he wants to identify as a white man, then he can identify as a white man because what? He is partly white. even though he looks black. um, But, you know, that would be confusing to people if he said, oh, I'm white, you know? No, clearly you're black, right? And so you're just a light-skinned black man. And then Barack Obama's not even the lightest black man. He's dark, like he's he's more on the, like the mocha, um, like toast complexion black man, right? Like, and so of course he's going to identify as black. And it may be peculiar to you for whatever reason, that he identifies as black because his black daddy wasn't around. 
But one thing is for goddamn certain is that man looks black as all get out, okay? Regardless of what you think or what you say about his genetics that are pretty much the same damn genetics as yours, okay? He's black. Just like I would think that she would identify as black as well because she looks like a black woman. She looks like a... a, a and, and here's the, here's the, this, this is how deep the self-hatred goes because she, not only is she the same type of biracial that Barack Obama is, she also is the same goddamn complexion as Barack Obama, right? <laughs> like if you were looking at Sage Steele, you would say, oh, that is a lighter black woman. You would not say that's a biracial woman. She doesn't look outwardly biracial, um, and, 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 and let me, let me clarify this and let me clean this up because what does biracial look like? Right. Um, but she doesn't look like what we would traditionally think of as a biracial person. She looks like a black woman. And so all her features are black. All her right? features like are black. every feature, yeah. every feature of hers is black. Like every feature, right? You, your daddy's son, like you, your daddy's daughter, <laughs> like your daddy's black and you got all your daddy's features. You ain't got, I mean, your your facial structure looks like your mom's, but that's about it, right? And even your mama out here with this little short wig, uh, this little short hairdo, she got the, she got the I got black kids hairdo, right? <laughs> right? Like, even your mama identifies more with her, with black than you do. You know what I'm saying? So, again... Why is it that it's confusing that your that that your forty fourth president, okay, identifies as black, when it's very evident why he identifies as black? He's a black man. He looks like a black man. He has a black wife. He has black daughters. Right. He has black family. His family might have been white, and there are people who were raised in the foster care system by white. There are black people who were raised by white people, but they still put on the census that they're black. Not because of who raised them. They're not going to put on the census, oh, I'm white because I was raised by white people. No, you're going to put on the census that you were black because you fucking black. <laughs> That's it. Period. So, Sage doesn't ever acknowledge her race, like ever. She oh, acknowledges really? or she will talk about more her her white husband and all these things way more yeah. than she ever talks about her own. Like she talks more about her dad being a veteran. Yeah. than She talks about her dad being black. Like she yeah. just doesn't acknowledge her race at all. Um, and one of the things that me and my wife talk about all the time, mm-hmm. particularly with our daughters, right? Because, you know, I'm black. My, my wife's Mexican. So our daughters mm-hmm. are black skin. Right. So, but at least for my oldest, she's going to be, people are going to classify her as black. So it doesn't matter that we are raising her and she's going to identify as a black Latina. Right. And she'll tell people that all the time. But at the end of the mm-hmm. day, when people see Carmen, mm-hmm. they see a black girl, they see a little black girl. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if Obama wants to identify or even if Sage wants to identify yeah. as white and suck and jive with Jay Color on his radio station. Jay Color does not see you as a white woman. He does not. He sees you as a black woman. Yeah. Literally, anybody who don't know you and they see you, they will see you strictly as a black woman. And no one's going to be like, is your mom or dad white? Yeah. No one's going to ask that question. So it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You are a black woman. 
no matter how much you try to hide from it or deny it or don't show it or talk so much about your white mother or your white husband and your mm-hmm. biracial kids, yep. your your kids are black too. And you know what? One thing about so, Sage that I find really interesting, and I may get in a little bit of, 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 of I'm going to say I'm going to get in a, a lukewarm water for this, right? Um, I might not get in hot water for this, but I might get in lukewarm water for this. People who... People like Sage, one of the reasons why I think that they identify so closely with their proximity to whiteness is because that's the only thing that makes them special as a person of color, right? Like you get to exist in a white space as a person of color and you are the standout. You are the exotic one in the room. You are the non-white one in the room. And that's what makes you uniquely special. There's nothing else special about your ass that people are uniquely attracted to. And for people like Sage, and, and what I mean by people like Sage, not biracial people, but people like Sage who cling on to this whiteness, who cling on to you know the white gaze and the white stare and things of that nature, is because they get to navigate those white spaces in a way that uh, that that Black people or, or what they consider traditionally Black people don't get to navigate, right? Like, we don't get to go up in these white spaces and, and, and be the only Black person in the room and be the only exotic person in the room or be the person that people are wondering, like, ooh, what is she? What is they? What are... and, and, and shit, they're not even wondering what she is because she looks Black. <laughs> you know? <laughs> she looks very Black. She's only able to use that privilege in spaces that her white mother brought mm-hmm. her in. Yeah, yeah. She will not be able to walk into a brand new space that no one knows who she is, mm-hmm. and ex- and get those same privileges for looking biracial or being biracial. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, they're gonna treat your ass like a black woman. They will, right? You're still a black it's man. not like it, it's not your college friends. Because yes. Mm-hmm. You you get booked. You go to a predominantly white school. Your roommate's probably going to be white. Mm-hmm. You build a relationship. So now the um, access that your roommate has now you have because you're the black mm-hmm. friend. So yes, you have those spaces. Yeah. But if you try to navigate a brand new space and just show up and no one knows who you are, mm-hmm. you're going to be treated just like all the other black women are going to be treated in that space. They're not going to ask or care which side of you is white or which side of you identify as. It don't matter. We see you as a black woman. They're going to treat you as a black woman. And that's for, and that's where I always feel bad for students who grew up in white spaces. Mm -hmm. They go away to college away from their town. Mm -hmm. Right. And they're like, Oh, I can handle this. I grew up around white people my whole life. Right. And then this is the first time they're ever treated like a black person because you're in a new space. Yeah. This isn't your neighborhood. It's not. These aren't the kids that grew up with you from kindergarten all the way through high school. They don't know you. So when they see you, you're a black person. Preach. And those students struggle so much on predominantly white campuses yeah. when they when they leave their city and they think they can just slide right on in. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. Your whiteness doesn't travel. Yeah. Your blackness always travels no matter yeah. where you go. It always does. It always does. And one of my mentors once told me, you know, as you progress in education, um, in, in not even higher education, right, in any educational field, as you work your way up to the top or what, you know, we consider the top, the spaces get wider and wider. And so you have to, as a black person, you have to prepare yourself for that 
and gain some kind of comfort. And that's part of the reason why I don't aspire to certain levels because I'm like, I, I don't think I would ever get comfortable with that being the only black person in the room or whatever have you. And I also don't want my blackness to be what attracts people to me and, and be and, and my blackness be the only interesting thing about me, right? Like I want my personality to show. I want the things that I say and I want the things that I know to be what leads people toward me instead of just my blackness, right? Um, and, and so in, in that right, I will never be comfortable in those spaces because in those spaces, sometimes you are tokenized and you're like, oh, that's the black person. Oh, that's the this. That's the person. This, that's this person. Oh, they're black. You all are really progressive if you got a black person in this role or whatever, blah, 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 or you got an LGBTQ person in that role, blah, 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 blah. I don't want that. Nope. Nope. No. No. <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna end it all here and it's yeah, it's gonna be a little foolish. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. So first the unfoolish part, that's kind of where I'm at in my career, particularly at the college that I'm at now. Mm-hmm. Three years, only black black guy on staff. Yeah. For a year and a half, I was the only black person, only black person in a leadership role Jeez. for two years. Only black person in a leadership role for two years. Wow. Uh for three years, the only black man on campus, like not even leadership, wow. just not, not faculty, not even groundskeepers, only black men, three years. So I'm kind of in, I'm in that kind of in that space. So like, yeah. I'm, I'm used to it. I won't say I'm comfortable, mm-hmm. but I, I'm able to dissociate work and who I am, my work life and all those right. things a little bit differently than most people. So it's easier for me to handle Yeah, the foolish side though. I'm, that's where I'm different in your regard. If you're going to pay me six figures to be the black guy in your office, <laughs> run me my money. Run me my money. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Run me my money. I'll be that black guy. I told you. <laughs> I'll be that guy. I'll be your black friend. It's only eight hours a day. I'll be your black friend at work. Okay. Hey. Run I me the money. That's, that's <laughs> but, uh, but also, I, you know, we ain't getting paid like that. So. That, that money ain't going to never equal uh, the, what we, we actually going through. It, 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 does, it, it definitely doesn't equal your value. It yeah, definitely doesn't. Sure. Um, but honestly, to to be real, the reasons why I don't mind being that only black person in that space, because once again, I deal on campuses where black students need somebody to look up to and I'd rather be that one person. So that's true. That's how we're going to end it. We're going to end it on that note. Word. Let's a little serious there. But uh that's it, man. Season two, episode two. Yeah. Um, once again, every Monday is a new episode. Um, share us, like us, rate us, review us. You have any mm-hmm. feedback? You can always email us at educated underscore or educated fool underscore podcast at gmail.com. Yep. Same thing. You can find us that way on Instagram. You have any educated or foolish topics, or you have a question you want to ask the fools, and we answer here live on the show, just let us know. Mm-hmm. And we'll be back once again next Monday. Thank y'all for rocking with us. Peace.